Hey guys, welcome to the Letters of Resignation podcast with me, Erica Carter, as your host. And of course, I have a few things to say before I get into it, but it's episode two. And I just want to say, first of all, Happy New Year. I hope everyone had a great and safe New Year so far. Um, Holiday, all that good stuff. Also, I know it's been some time. I know it's been some time since I got behind this microphone, got behind this camera for my YouTube channel um, to talk about anything. It's been a little over a month now. And I do apologize, you guys. A lot happened literally directly after I made that episode, that first episode. So I was kind of like letting um, the rest of the month play out and kind of letting December be December. Um, So because December was definitely Decembering. So yeah, um, I do apologize. But here I am now with with episode two, I definitely realized too in that time, I'm like, man, I really have to learn how to be more consistent because I have an Instagram page and I just don't be consistent. I'm just not a social media girly, y'all. Charge it to my, no, (laughs) I was going to say a church phrase, charge it to my head, not my heart. But no, I'm going to try my best to be very consistent and continue to, well, try to make content or a video or an episode every single week. Like I said, I would. It's something I'm definitely growing into as I'm growing this community. However, for those of y'all who are, who made comments about still waiting on episode (laughs) over this past time, thanks for your support. And I'm glad that everyone has, you know, enjoyed the first episode so far. Thank you so much for the flood of support. And even beginning this podcast, I really didn't expect it. I just was moving in faith. And so I really appreciate it. So as you can kind of tell by the title of this episode, this episode is definitely an introductory to a new subject matter or um, topic into the podcast. And so probably a while back, probably like the end of November, I was kind of considering how can I introduce new topics or new things. And I just kind of was meditating on it, I should say to myself. So open letter, of course, if you don't understand, some of y'all be writing open letters on Facebook. I do too. It's basically you discussing a long specific topic about anything to the public. And sometimes it's used as confessionals or whatever, things of that nature. Um, So that was like perfect. I'm like, thank you, Lord. That's great because that'll be a a good way to introduce different subjects. And then um, letters of commendation was a different way for me to basically do the opposite of letters of resignation. And so to commend someone obviously means to praise them, um, to adore them in some way and bring light to them. And so what better way than to bring light to God? And I wanted to discuss it as a way to um, just give glory and praise to God as we are resigning from different things. There's different reasons to commend God and how they do it in his word and the different situations in, in his word. And so that one really made me excited too. So I'm really excited about these different subject matters, of course. So yeah, I'm going to introduce, I actually, I actually had a a resignation, a topic or, uh, yeah, a specific, a letter of resignation. 
And I kind of really felt the Lord still dealing with me on it. Um, because as you know, these things are personal to me as well. And so they're not just things on a whim. Yeah. For right now, we're going to introduce episode two as the open letter. And I don't know exactly how I'm going to title this. I mean, I have an idea of how I'm going to title it, but I just don't know exactly. Um, but this is an open letter. And in this open letter, this is discussing my faith journey and, um, basically testimony. So as most people know, a testimony is like, well, most people probably don't know because I kind of didn't know, (laughs) but a testimony or a testimonial is like you bearing witness to something. Um, The first time I seen it when I looked it up was in the book of Exodus. I think it was like Exodus 20 something. And what, what was the testimony was, I believe it was the 10 commandments to go into the Ark of the Covenant and other items as well. This is a large paraphrase. Um, so I definitely encourage you to read it. Um, if you want to know more about it. So I seen it and I'm like, why, you know, when I think of testimony, I'm thinking like it comes from a person. Um, but those items were a testimony or a witness to what God had done. And so I, I think it was beautiful, you know, and very strategic and of course, elaborate of God as he usually is. Um, to use items as a testament, right? Or a testimony or a, or witness to what he has done for the children of Israel. And so, you know, I just wanted that to be the core of it. Like, you know, this is a testimony, you know, um, not just like a faith journey, you know, what the, you know, it's a testimony. So yeah, um, I'm, that's just basically the point of this video, this episode. And I'm just going to get into it because I feel like I'm kind of rambling and stalling. So I'm just going to get into it. Um, I like to discuss before discussing things. I'd like to give an objective and if needed a preface. And so the objective today is to give glory to God. It's literally to give glory and honor to God and to say that I am a witness. And what I'm a witness of through my faith journey in this testimony is I'm a witness that God is a pursuer. He will pursue you. Um, he is one that if you are chosen by him and through his, with his love, you know, he will pursue you in love. Right. Um, and so I am a witness to that. And today I'm going to testify, um, to that through my faith journey and with certain things that, that has transpired in my life and even up to today. And so that's the objective. So the preface is, this is my perspective. Um, these things include, of course, as every testimony include other people. And so I want to say that because I, I want people to know I'm not be speaking on, I'm not speaking on behalf of anyone else except myself. I want everyone to know that <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So these things are my perspective. I'm of course not going to be naming names of anyone because a lot of the people that's included are people that I, you know, still very much am in, you know, in contact with family, friends, all these things, um, acquaintances and such. And so I don't, I don't want anyone who knows any particular part of my story to think that I'm talking on behalf of anyone else. Like this is just my perspective. And, um, Everything that I say will be in love. Um, I, I Everything that I say, I refuse to bash anyone or anything like that. Everything I say will be from my perspective, but it will be in love, of course. Um, and so, yeah, that's what it is. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. Um, I was born into a Christian family. 
my grandmother on my father's side, from what I've known, was an evangelist. So it was, it was more like evangelical. Um, and so when I was five years old, I remember getting baptized. And I remember us going to a church. And I remember her, her lining all of us up and baptizing. When I say all of us, I mean my siblings and my cousins. And the, you know, of course the parents were there. I don't know if they got, I can't remember if they got baptized that day, but I do remember that she baptized all of us. (laughs) Um, And so I remember getting baptized and um, she was basically the pillar of the family in teaching the family, the, the ways and the things of God in the beginning. And so I do remember, you know, us having Bible study at her house. We never attended a church from my memory in my hometown. And so, you know, she taught us a lot about the things that the things of God, you know, through Bible study at her house and um, Bible study at my uncle house or, you know, wherever we can have Bible study. And so I remember just learning, just being a kid sitting there and my, you know, the parents, of course, listening and, you know, the kids are just playing, you know, or just, you know, or sometimes she makes us listen. But I do remember distinctively going there because we were learning about the Bible. And so that's my father's side. My mother's side was more Baptist, but I didn't, I don't remember any, um, Christian activities we used to go so her family is from um, another state and we used to go every year to visit for family reunions and I just don't remember doing much as a kid with her side of the family as far as church or anything like that so fast forward to when I was like 10 my grandmother passed and um, on my on my dad's side um, she passed and um, my uncle who is my dad's identical twin who is also a like a father to me he stepped up to the plate and the baton was passed to him so after she passed he took over to teach our immediate family about the things of God and so I just admire her admire him so much because um I do remember that he was living his own life you know and his reputation preceded him in the streets, okay? And as he was living his own life, it almost felt like a sudden transition. It almost felt like he, after she passed, he suddenly almost just obeyed the Lord in, um, and stepped up to the calling. And we know based on his own testimony that it was, it was God-ordained. So anyway, so from 10 to 12, 13, 14, um, that's when I receive um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, And I was young. I think I was 12 when that happened. And like I said, we never attended a church. We only did church at our own home or at my uncle's home. And, And so that was how ministry happened. And so everything, everything that I had experienced up until the age about 14 was not from a church. It was from my experience with my family. So fast forward to when I was about 14, 15. Yeah, I believe I was 14. I was either 14 going on 15. My mom had a friend who, um, one who visited a church or went to a church. I think she was just visiting at the time. And so she, my mom wanted to go visit. And so we went. And so my siblings and I, 
went to visit a church and with my mom. And um, by this time, this was the official split of my parents as well. So things began to shift in my teenage uh, by the, this is the beginning of the shift within my family dynamic in some way. So we went to go visit um, uh, the church and my mom liked it. Fast forward, we all joined. So I still obviously had very close contact with my cousins and my uncle and such. And so everyone came to visit. It was around the corner from their house. It wasn't far from their house. And so everyone came to visit. And when they visited, they we ended we all ended up joining. And sure, slowly but surely, of course, people doing it away. People ended up doing going different places. But I remember, you know, my mom and I, and um, even some of my friends, you know, we all stayed. And you know, my younger siblings stayed as well. And so, you know, my siblings, some of my most of my siblings are older than me. So you'll hear me talk about them if I say siblings, my older siblings. And so. Yeah, so we ended up, you know, uh, just kind of staying at this church. I used to, you know, I was very active. And so when I was in high school and middle school, I was a very active Christian in a sense of, you know, can't nobody tell me nothing about God, basically, you know. And that was because before I moved past this point, when I was 15 years old, um, I had something happen. I, I guess some, I did something that I didn't want to do. And I just felt just this condemnation. And when I felt this condemnation, I went to my room. And when I went to my room, I just broke down and started, you know, to cry on my knees and pray to the Lord. And I remember he spoke. This was the first time I heard the Lord speak very clear to me. And, you know, before this, the voice of the voice of God to me was my uncle. Um, and so, you know, like my uncle and my dad, you know, these male figures keep that in mind, by the way, for the future. And so, um, when he spoke to me, I heard him very clear, like, whoa, he sent me to a scripture. And when he sent me to that scripture, he, he spoke to me after it and said, you know, I'm your first love, Erica. All right. Well, he said, I'm your first love daughter. Remember, I'm your first love. And I was done, right? Like wrecked um, because he had just affirmed me. Um, That was my first feeling of affirmation from the Lord. And so right after that, not, not too long, probably like within a month's time, I would even say one month time. um, I had a demonic experience. That was my first demonic encounter. And I'm going to share it because I think it's very important. Um, so I had a dream and I was sleeping my, yeah, I was sleeping in my mom's house in my house. And I had a dream that I was in this abandoned house. And while I'm in this abandoned house, this girl-like or teenage-like figure appears to me and she has a hoodie on and she's dressed like me. And back then I was kind of, I dressed like a little bit of a tomboy. So, you know, t-shirt jeans and some Jordans. And that's how she had. She had a hoodie on and she had on what I had on. And so it was like I was in this house with her and these other people. And I didn't know who these other people were. But while we were in this this abandoned, haunted house, it was like we were trying to escape. I I didn't watch movies like this, y'all. So my family, we, yeah, no. (laughs) We didn't do that one because we understood. So... As I'm in this house trying to get out with these other people, this 
woman or this girl would appear and she would point with her head down, point in a direction for us to go. So we would go to one room, she would point to a direction for us to go and then she'd just appear, right? Um, and so all of a sudden we get to like a living room and this this red light is on the coffin on the living room table and it's like flashing. And as it's flashing, she's in front of me and all the rest of these people. And I, as it's flashing, I started rising in the air. And as I'm rising in the air, I'm like, oh my goodness, like I'm the only one going to heaven. Like, yes, I'm the only one going to heaven, right? And that was, in, I guess, in the dream, an escape, the escape or leaving the house. And she never, this figure had this pointed hood, never looked up, never looked at me. But I heard her say to me, no, you're going to hell. And all of a sudden, these entities that I didn't see the face of, I just knew that they, their presence was there, began to drag me from the air to like a different place in the house. And I was screaming to the top of my lungs. And and so this was the first time, um, my first demonic encounter, but it was, you know, obviously it wasn't my last, but I was like, you know, screaming in the dream and I woke up. And so when I woke up from the dream, it was my first time waking up from a dream frantic, y'all. Y'all know like in the movies where they like pop up like, oh, you know, and they're really frantic. That was how I like woke up breathing. And you guys, my light bulb went out in my room and I could have been in between a dream and reality, but I'm pretty sure my my door moved. (laughs) And so you better believe I got up and started running out of the room. Um, so I got up and because I, my light was on, that's how I knew my light bulb burst um, or not necessarily burst and shatter. It just went out. And um, like I said, I pretty sure the door moved. I just left, left the room, ran, ran out of the room, ran. <laughs> okay. And I went, I, I was upstairs and my mom was downstairs. And, it, and so I just ran out down to my mom and I just was crying so hard, you know, telling her that the devil want to kill me. (laughs) That was my thought. You know, I'm like, the devil wants to kill me. And I'm just crying. And she's like, it's okay. Like he doesn't, he won't get to you. You know, you are saved. You're covered by the blood of Jesus. It's okay. You know? And I just was like, you don't understand. I just really was, it really, it was the first time that I had felt this affliction of fear, um, from doing like I knew it was from the enemy. Like this is the realization I came like where you're doing good for God, the enemy, there's the enemy present. And like I said, that wasn't my last um, demonic encounter. And so that was something that was happening throughout my um, cultivation and my faith journey in these teenage pivotal years. So yeah, that happened. Um, So fast forward to when I was about 17, I was getting ready to graduate out of uh, high school. And I remember I just wanted to work full time at this ministry that we were at. We didn't, you know, that I previously, our first church really. And so what happened was we were 
leaving for whatever reason, I wasn't 100% sure. I had heard some stuff, but I just wasn't sure what was going on because I was a teenager. And all I knew was we never went back. Um, A lot of stuff transpired. I will say that. But all I knew was we just didn't go back. And so I was like, you know, I guess I got enrolled for college because I wanted to work full time at the ministry in the office and they were going to pay me. And then now it's not going to happen because we're not going back. And so I, I ended up enrolling in college, as everyone knows, from my first episode. So after this, my family kind of just went their own way with everyone going to, you know, the different church. So my my dad's side of the family, like my cousins and stuff, they continued to have Bible study and we continued to go. We actually continued to go still too, even though we were going to church because nothing had necessarily changed with the dynamic of me being able to see my cousins and my uncle and my aunt. Um, after my plant parents split, it just was the, di- the dynamic of, you know, our household and things were just changing, you know? Um, so yeah, so everybody went their own separate way with their own sp- spiritual journey. And I ended up going to a church that my friend was attending and I was 18. And so two of my best friends were attending this church. And so we all ended up going and I ended up joining. And it was a multicultural church. The pastors were Caucasian or white and they were, you know, wonderful people, really poured and gave to the, you know, to um, the church and the community. Um, And yeah, I had, I had, they were also pouring into me as well as an individual. And so my mom, she ended up going to um, a Baptist church, um, which were from my godparents, but I'll get to that later. So I ended up going to this church and, um, I'm involved just as much as I was involved in the first ministry, uh, doing stuff and singing. And this is when I discovered that I love to sing. And then I, you know, was really happy. (laughs) I was happy there. And so after that, uh, well, in some time, I would say I was there for about like a year and some months. Yeah, because I was tur- I turned 19 when this happened. So I turned 19 and um, I had, it's not that I just turned 19. I had been 19, of course. And um, I ended up pregnant. Um, I was in a relationship with someone at the time and then got out of the relationship and got into another relationship. And shortly after that relationship, I was pregnant. And this was kind of devastating because I was a bit of a, like I said, I was very active. And I don't want to say a youth leader because I wasn't in a permanent role as a youth leader. I just was someone that they entrusted as a, a leader figure for the youth as the church was growing. Um, and it was already a pretty decent sized church when I started going. And so it started to grow more. And so that was, that was uh, a blow. And when, and so because I was close to the pastor and his wife, I just, you know, I sang behind the the pastor's wife and I just was like, yeah, I can just tell them and we can just go from there because I'm close to them. So that's what I did. You know, I told them uh, on a Sunday, the Sunday, the the week that I found out and I was fairly early. And so I told them and, you know, they suggested we have a separate conversation um, later on that week. And that's what I that's what ended up happening. 
we scheduled a separate conversation for later on that week. And in this conversation, they, they, I don't, I can't really remember um, exactly everything they said. I just remember that the last part of the conversation was the most detrimental part. So everything they had said didn't matter in that sense. And so, and the last part of the conversation was, well, which was the conclusion of it all was that they suggested that I go to a different church while I was pregnant because of exposure and such. And I took that as they kicked me out of the church. Um, Mind you, I was young and of course that may not have been what they meant. And everybody has their own interpretation of whatever stuff is. Um, For me, that's how I took it at that time. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm out of here. I won't be staying here. And that's what happened. I left. Not too long after I left, I lost the child. And of course, the relationship just, you know, ended. And um, that was another thing that I was like, man, Wow. So, um, this is, this is, this is the part where things begin to transition and I'm going to say this, um, now. So a lot of things happened during the teenage years that I just didn't discuss. Um, I experienced some, um, between the ages of 10 to 12, I experienced, uh, some sexual traumas like, you know, molestation and, at the age of 16, I also was raped and, um, twice. And so those things were a blow in such a way that it kind of chipped at the confidence that I had in God. And I felt extremely disappointed, especially after my, you know, my parents split as well. And I didn't talk to my dad for a good amount of time about a year, almost two years. And so I had felt just this immense disappointment in God. And while feeling that disappointment, I felt like, well, what do I have to do to be good enough for you, for it to be closer to you and for this kind of stuff, bad stuff to not happen to me like this? You know, that's just the way my teenage brain thought about it. And Another thing is I didn't talk to people much about the things that had happened to me actually at all. Really? I wasn't a talker. I didn't, I mean, I talked, but I didn't talk about me. (laughs) Um, I never exposed the things that I had been dealing with my thoughts. I journaled though. I journaled a lot and still do. Um, I'm big on writing, big on journaling, which is interesting, which is, I mean, it's interesting because my this whole podcast is about letter. (laughs) So it makes sense. Um, but anyway, um, so I never talked about these things. And so it just was a bottle of stuff that I just kept going on and just was like, okay, you know, um, but deep down there was this growing disappointment that I just didn't know was really there. So I want to preface this next part in the next phase of that by saying that of this, well, the next phase of this story by saying that. So 
after, so I turned 19 after I left. So yeah, so after all that happened and I ended up leaving um, that church, I ended up just going to church where my mom was, which was with my godparents. And I love them so much. Um, it was a Baptist church. And um, I also just got involved there, joined the choir. Um, and that was that. Just went back into a routine like I didn't just lose a child and get, basically get kicked out of a church because of it and and ended a relationship because of this, all of this stuff, right? And so I grab so here's where all of everything I just said come into play. I started to experience this very deep sadness that it's hard to describe, but it was just always there. It came like it just came over me and it was like a blanket and I just could not shake shake it at all. And so it was just something that took over my personality. It took over the way that I treated people, talked to people. Um, it took over everything, my thought process, everything. And so I worked at a bank <clears throat> as a teller and I had to help people. I was a customer service representative, right? So I had to help people. And so um, I didn't like helping people. I didn't like people. And so one day I was at this branch and I had these two friends of mine that were there at the, that were my friends at the time. And one of them I'm still um, somewhat in contact with. Um, and so she her and another young lady was there and I walked in and they were like, you know, kind of, Hey, you know, and everybody knew my personality was mostly bubbly. Like I had a mostly goofy personality type. Um, so people thought I was outgoing. Um, in reality, I'm not, I'm really, um, an introvert. (laughs) I just give a lot when I'm in front of people, but anyway, so, um, I, Mostly I'm outgoing and of course I knew these young ladies, but you know, when I walked in that day, they spoke and I just didn't speak back. By this time, the darkness and the sadness just became overwhelming and they were like, okay, you know, and like I said, it affected the way I treated people. And so they continued on talking for the morning. I was just there in my own world, kind of helping people that came in kind of not, you know, because it wasn't a busy branch. I didn't need to help a lot of people. And it had to been like two or three hours that had gone by. And I heard one of the young ladies say something and it was like, I snapped out of it and was like, Oh, you know, and just respond, just said something in their conversation that they had said. And I think, and now that I think about it, this isn't the first time I had come in with this kind of mood, Um, but this is the first time I can remember it being the worst. So when, when I said something, you know, they were like kind of confused because they're like, girl, you ain't spoke to us in like three, two, three hours. (laughs) What are you doing? You know? And I just was like, yeah, you know, and it kind of warmed up to me a little bit like, oh, okay, she's talking now, you know? So I was just like, whatever. And it, it, I mean, it wasn't normal. It just wasn't normal in any way. And so one of the young ladies walked, or I don't know if she was helping someone or not, or she was doing something else and just kind of went out of the area. And the other one that I'm still in contact with came up to me and was like, hey, you know, 
Erica, I don't mean this in a negative way, but um, are you bipolar? And I just remember kind of looking at her like, why would she say that to me? You know, um, I take mental illness and depression and all those things, anxiety, serious. And I just was like, why would she say that to me? Not doing the self-reflection to say, girl, you just, you be, you be mood swinging, you know, which is also a symptom uh, or, uh, yeah, a symptom of bipolar. And so I remember like responding to her, like, no, you know, and she was like, okay, you know, I didn't mean any offense. I just wanted to make sure you were okay. If you are, you know, like, are you okay? You know, kind of just, and by that time I was offended. (laughs) So I was just like, you know, yeah, whatever, you know, and that was that. But I remember that just making me more sad because I'm like, I feel so misunderstood and I feel just like a absolute burden to everyone that I'm around. Um, Cause the thing about it was I didn't talk to people about my problems or anything because I didn't feel understood. I also, it was also a pride issue. Like, you know, of course, being able to reflect and really think about it, it was a pride issue. Like, I just didn't want people in my business in a sense. And I also kind of felt like, you can't help me. Like, there's nothing you can do about what I'm feeling or what I'm experiencing. So I just kept it to myself or, in, you know, and journaled it. Um, it just made the situation worse, you know, and I just felt like, a, you know, her saying that to me. And I mean, I know she didn't mean any harm. I know she didn't mean any harm, but I just, that's how I took it. And so I was really, it just, that was it. That was kind of like, man, you know, I, I'm tired of feeling misunderstood. I'm tired of feeling rejected by God and kind of dealing with the same, some of the, you know, I was dealing with some things as well. I was numb, right? So things were happening because I was already experiencing numbness. It just added to the numbness. <laughs> um, so I just was like, okay, you know, I'm done. And at that point, I think from that point forward, I had became a ticking time mom. And I was like, yeah, I'm most likely not going to live to see the next year. Like I'm going to end my life. Like I knew. Um, And I contemplated it like heavy. I thought about it all the time. Um, And it was almost like I was just waiting for the reason to. Um, I kind of knew how I was going to do it and everything. Um, And it wasn't, it's not the first time I had experienced those kind of thoughts. Um, I experienced those thoughts a lot too when I was 12. Um, So it was, it wasn't an uh, unfamiliar realm. Um, So, you know, I think too, like just reflecting on this now, it's kind of a sidebar, you know, when the Lord, when you experience, um, the presence of God at an early age or, you know, learning, growing in the way of God at an early age, you know, the enemy gets to you as early as you begin to begin to process things because process things because he doesn't care. His goal is to get you distracted and distracted enough to make you turn away from God, to make you 
forget or even think that God isn't the solution. You know, he wants to get you to, and whether the distraction is unforgiveness, it's unhealed pain, it's, you know, drugs and alcohol, whatever it is, you know, he just wants to get you distracted enough. And so, you know, even though when I was 12, I experienced the baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I also, like I said, I experienced in the time frame those sexual traumas and 12 is when it ended. But I was like, you know, I still, I didn't, I didn't, there was just still this internal battle. Okay. And so, um, yeah, that's where I was. I was at a place of ending it all. Um, and you know, I didn't tell anyone. So, and I wasn't going to, I just was going to just end it and leave a letter. I didn't really, you know, I was really cold like that with my family and, um, even friends. So I was just like, you know, whatever, no one cares, you know, and I misunderstood and unheard. That's, those are the thoughts in my head. So fast forward a bit, I graduated with my associate's degree when I was 20 and that was a sense of an accomplishment, you know, because like I said, I wanted to do ministry instead of going to college. And I was like, okay, you know, there's something to kind of go for it. And, you know, a lot of people expressed to me around me that they were proud of me. And I didn't even think anything of it. I was just like, oh, yeah. So um, one of the people that expressed that they were proud of me was this guy that used to come into the bank. And he was a little bit older than me and he came into the bank and he, we, we sometimes, you know, just talked about things just like lightly, of course. And, you know, one, one time he gave me a Bible, just like a, you know, a new Bible he was using that he just was like, I'm not using it. Well, he wasn't using it, but it was a newer Bible. And so he was like, here you go, you know? And so after I graduated, he was one of those people that expressed like, yeah, I'm really proud of you. That's such a huge accomplishment. Learned that he had his degree and, you know, his bachelor's degree. And he was like, you know, here's a hundred dollars and gave me money, you know, after I had helped him. And I was like, I can't take this, you know? And he's like, you know, um, you know, I want to give it to you. And I don't remember if I took it still at the teller window or if when we exchanged numbers is when he ended up giving it to me or not. I can't 100% remember, but, um, we did end up exchanging numbers because he invited me to a Bible study that he was attending. And I was like, cool, a Bible study I'll attend just going with the motions. Um, so I went and I think, I think I went like maybe the week after or the same week. I'm not sure. And so I ended up going and, when I went, it was at a hotel and it was in, it was at a hotel in one of the conference rooms, which, you know, that's fine, whatever. And I went into the, you know, the conference room and I'm like, okay, cool. You know, it's black people here, you know, <laughs> cause even though he was black, I just, I don't know. I just was like, okay, great. It's black people, you know? So uh, the Bible study starts and the person that's teaching the Bible study is teaching on Whatever he's teaching, I remember just thinking, I've never heard this. And I think it was on a scripture that was somewhat familiar to me. And I was like, man, this is very interesting. Okay, so let me let me fat, uh, rewind. The way I was raised was, like I said, it was evangelical. 
Um, and in that evangelical teaching, a lot of it was about, you know, get right or go to hell, you know? Um, it was a really, I don't want to say just fear based, but it was like, you know, we want to be, you know, holy temples before the Lord, you know, which, right. Yeah. That's what you want. But uh, it was from, in my mind, in my mind, I just kept wanting to be perfect. Um, I wanted perfectionism. I wanted to be 100% right. And I just couldn't understand why I couldn't be right. You know, like there were certain things that I did that I was just like, what, you know, in my teenage brain, like, why do I, what, you know? And so I just, you know, all the times, oh, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, Lord, please. I don't want to die and go to hell. You know, that was my mind. And that was my teaching, my foundation. That was how my mind thought about my foundation, right? And so I can't say if it was more Old Testament or more New Testament or not. I just can say that that was the foundation. It was very, it was fear-based, like get right or go to hell. And so um, when I got to this Bible study and I heard what he was teaching, I was like, whoa, you know, this is very much different from what I'm used to. But then it got much different, you know, and I was like, whoa, you know, am he's using the Bible. He's using scriptures. And I was like, man, this is, I want to know more about what he's talking about. And so after it ended, you know, my, my notebook was full of like, it was like three pages of notes because I was like taking plenty of notes. So it ended and I got to meet the other people. Um, and they were really nice, amazing, genuine people. And so um, when I left and got in the car, I just remember bawling like, this is it. This is the reason I needed to live. Like, oh my gosh, I knew there was more to God than what I thought. Like, there's just, you know, all of these revelations, you know, because in my mind, like, oh, he, he's using scripture, you know, and interpreting it different, like scripture to interpret scripture. So I'm thinking like, whoa, you know. So yeah, that was my, that became my focus. Um, I wanted to learn more about what we were learning. And so let's, let's just kind of fast forward a little bit to about like, I would say about three months in because I'll say three to four months um, because I didn't tell anybody I was attending this Bible study. I kept attending um, consistently and I just didn't tell anyone. And so um, I finally decided to tell my family. But before I did, I wanted to know what we were, you know, like what what was our representation? Because I was just learning things I was learning about so much. I'm going to I'm going to get into it in a minute. Right after this, I'm going to get into it. <laughs> um, So I wanted to know what we were and. I remember someone, you know, just saying like, yeah, like one of the members there was like, well, we're Messianic Hebrews or Messianic Jews. And I was like, huh, okay. So I, in my heart right there, it was a conversion. Um, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm a Messianic Hebrew or Messianic Jew. And that's what I am. I'm no longer 
considering myself a Christian. And honestly, that had already start to happen. And here's why. Because this is what we were learning. So a Messianic Jew was basically someone who was a like an Orthodox Jew, but believed in the Messiah. So we did a lot of what, or uh, I don't want to say a lot, because now that I know a lot more about Orthodox, ultra Orthodox, well, there's ultra Orthodox as well, but like Orthodox Judaism, um, some of the stuff we didn't do, but we did what the Bible would express other than like the killing of animals of like what Jews should do in in some cases, right? And so with that, we just believed in the Messiah, you know? So we believed in the New Testament as well, but we focused heavily on the Torah um, and the Pentateuch. And so that just included a number of things, you guys. Um, the only thing I would say was just like not, we didn't really believe in that much were the 612 Levitical laws because we understood, you know, there's, there's a certain aspect of those laws. And then, but the 10 commandments, oh, we went hard on the 10 commandments, um, including Sabbath. Um, we focused heavy on Sabbath. Um, so Sabbath for us was Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Um, and so we did that. We prayed differently. We read the Judaism Bible, um, there's other things. I'm just trying to name some surface things without getting into it too much. Honestly, I just, I just don't care to, um, but yeah, that's a lot of what we did. And on top of us learning about Judaism and the Torah, we also learned about the history of the church and, you know, in a sense, the history of Christianity in its definition based on historians, you know, not in its biblical definition, in its historical definition. And so that was a lot, a lot of stuff. And what it created was this disdain for the church, not just because of the uh, research, but also from my experiences. Now, guys, I there's things that happen and I'm just not going to mention, you know, um, there are things that have like, like I said, with what happened when I got pregnant, but that wasn't even in my mind. <laughs> it was what I had seen with people, what I had heard with people who call themselves church going Christians. So, um, yeah, it was it was so the development in my heart was this disdain towards church going Christians. And so when I finally learned what I had been practicing (laughs) and that's crazy like three four months in girl but I'm thinking like it's the bible you know like you know we we talk about the bible okay you know so like there was a a level of ignorance um not and I don't mean it in its definition I mean it in the negative way (laughs) um like willful ignorance in a sense um because I just didn't think because some of the practices came in later but I didn't just jump into the practice. It was very fresh, very new when I came and there was only a few people um, and it started to grow. Um, and so we started to, we ended up getting a building. And so it sounds like a cult, right? <laughs> 
it sounded like Erica was in a cult. I'm not going to say yes or no to that. It just doesn't matter to me. Um, um, and by definition, anything can really be a cult. So anyway, um, so yeah, when he, they told us, told me what we were, I was like, okay, you know, that's what we are. So when I finally decided to, cause I didn't, I had stopped going to church like towards that month right before, because my family noticed like, okay, you know, she's probably, she's not really going to church. Like I said, my siblings were like out the house, so they were doing their own thing. But my mom, she, I'm pretty sure she had some awareness. She just never said anything. So I finally decided to tell my family first, my immediate family, like my siblings and my mom. And um, yeah, it was a bloodbath. <laughs> it was a bloodbath because let me tell you something too. We also didn't learn this information in love. We learned it in a nature of combativeness. It wasn't like, oh, good to know. It was like ignorant, slow Christians, right? Like it wasn't, it was a very prideful, arrogant way that we were learning from the leader, right? Now he didn't talk to us arrogantly, like disrespectfully until, until he did. In the beginning, he didn't, but you know, there was just this very stern, very sureness and very like demeaning way of delivering this information. And even though he wasn't cutting at us because we didn't know, it was just his personality, you know. Um, and so that's how I received everything he was saying. And like I said, it just created disdain, you know, and then I heard about the different testimonies about people, their stories, I should say about, you know, them telling their family, you know, and some of the things that happened with them. And, um, it just seemed like, man, this is really the truth. Like, this is what the Bible talks about when, you know, forsaking, you know, there's a sword, you know, in the house, like mother against daughter, you know, all these things. Right. Cause when I told my family, that was exactly it. It was like, wow, <laughs> it didn't, it wasn't pretty. I mean, after a while we ended up just all calming down because another thing about my family is we're very strongly opinionated people and that's how we express our opinions. Um, so, you know, of course my family was just like, whatever, you know, my, my siblings, it was just like, whatever, you know, we cooled, cooled down and then we all came out, you know, we all kind of spoke, but my mom, my mom was disheveled and distraught. She was just like, what? You know? Um, and so after that, not too long after that, I had told my church, um, well, my pastor and he, he responded in wisdom. And at the time I didn't receive it as wisdom. I just received it as, you know, okay. You know, he, he doesn't understand really, you know, but he understood and he responded in wisdom, you know, and now I understand that. So, um, yeah, I left, that was it. I left the Baptist church, left the church as an organization and denounced Christianity. So in my heart, I had already started it, but I had officially like, yeah, no, anybody asks me what I am. You know, I used to say spiritual at first, like, oh no, I'm just spiritual, you know, but it became like, no, a messianic Jew, you know, with, with pride. Um, so my uncle who, like I said, taught me everything I knew about, you know, God, my foundation, he ended up finding out and he called me about it and he just, it wasn't pretty. 
we didn't even get a chance to really talk about it. So I knew that he had knew and that means my cousins knew and I hold my cousins. They're like my siblings, really. You know, they're really near and dear to me. So when they when I knew they knew, it was like, OK, here we go. You know, that means my dad knew. And I, you know, I had just started talking back to him um, just like a year, a couple years before all of this. <clears throat> and we wasn't even really talking consistently but you know, I was—I grew up a daddy's girl, so it was—it was really um, us, really, you know, getting getting reacquainted after him and my mom split. You know, um, some things happened, and we just were trying to grow in our relationship. Um, so I knew he knew, and so I ended up going over my. So yeah, so I'm knee deep in. And I ended up going over my uncle house because we often gathered there. They were the gathering house. Everyone gathered there. Um, they were mutual ground. And so we all gathered there. And uh, this is my first time seeing them in a while since, you know, everything. And yeah, my dad ended up bringing it up because one thing about our family too, if we're uncomfortable in any way, we're going to address it. <laughs> We're going to address it. We're not going to pretend like, because there, it really is hard for us, for us to pretend. Um, I don't know if it's just like a us thing or a hood thing. I don't know. <laughs> but my dad addressed it, you know, and he kind of, you know, brought it up. And I was just a child from there. Just no, it just didn't go. It didn't go well. <laughs> Let's just say that. Of course, it didn't go well. Um, And it was just me against my family. It was me against my family. And a lot of people had their opinion and, you know, some people cried and just, you know, they didn't understand because they didn't know what I had dealt with prior to. And so they see me standing. I mean, I was standing 10 toes down y'all. Like, I'm like, this is the truth. And I'm standing 10 toes on it. And I had never Like I said, my family is very, we're really strong in our opinions, but I think over time, I just, I just didn't care to argue with people and I never really stood up for anything. I just kind of was just after a while, like I said, it just was kind of like, okay, whatever, you know, you just let people have it and just like, okay. And don't want to be argumentative, you know, and then cause, you know, it'd be strife. I mean, it could be over the most trivial thing. (laughs) We will have a heated discussion. Okay. (laughs) And so I just don't, I didn't care for all of that. And so this was my first time like standing up for something that I had, you know, was like, no, you know, I was defending myself, you know, and defending the faith that I was in and I left and it just, it didn't end well. And no one, we did not come to agreement. Of course, no one understood my perspective. Like I said, and they didn't know where I was prior to, and they didn't, they didn't inquire in a way that was like, okay, what do you believe? Like, you know, um, my uncle knew that it was very Torah based, very, um, Pentateuch and like, you know, it was very much focused on that because he knew, you know, about the Judaism practice. And so, but that, that was pretty much it, you know, um, because another thing was we were very strategic in the, the use of Hebrew um, idioms or verbiage in Greek. So we understood that like the Hebrew language was the language that, you know, the Lord spoke to 
his people in because that's their original language. And, you know, and we understood the history of all these things. And so we, in the, the, the Bible, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, you know, so our interpretation was, was based on that information, based on the, the Hebrew. And we learned the, he, the Hebrew language. So we, we learned how to pray in the Hebrew and read in the Hebrew, like things like that. And so um, we, we use the Hebrew names of, of, of Christ and of God. We understood that, you know, transliteration versus translation and, um, you know, the, uh, uh, um, a title versus an actual name, you know, there, there were just so many things and nuances in particulars that, you know, because there's a right way. That was the way that we were, we like, this is the right way. Right. So, um, my family never, you know, when they, when my uncle inquired in part, you know, there was, that was that aspect of it that, you know, that was just like, just didn't understand. And my family, they didn't understand. They really just didn't understand. And I love them so much. We have healed and come so far from this place. Um, but I can honestly say that experience with them was very traumatizing. It was a traumatizing experience for me with them because I love them and cared about their opinion of me so much. Um, and like I said, I was just growing a relationship with my dad and, you know, my beginning back to grow in relationship with my dad. And then my uncle was always, you know, he was always there, even with the rough times with my dad. So we would come to him about stuff with my dad because he's like a dad and that's his twin and he's very close to his identical twin. So it was just a hurtful experience because I didn't understand that they just wanted the best for me. They wanted, they cared enough. They cared about my soul, you know, and even though, you know, there was differences there, they still did what a family should have done. You know, a family should say, this is right. This is wrong, you know, and call someone out. And so, you know, now I have a different appreciation of it, but then it was, it was very hurtful. It was a, it was a scar. And so, um, I left, I left, I had that when they, we in the middle of arguing and I was just done. Okay. Cause I'm like, I'm not about to, you know, be arguing with all 17 of y'all thousand, you know, <laughs> it was a lot of them, but it wasn't, you know? So I just was like, I'm out. I left my dad, my dad stopped me while I'm heading out the house because he was the, he was the harshest. He stopped me and he said, you know, come, you know, with tears in his eyes, you know, he said, come here, you know, I don't ever want, I don't want you to leave this, this space without you knowing that I love you, you know, with, with tears in his eyes. And it kind of is choking me up because like, I just, you know, at the time just wanted to be understood and hurt so much that, you know, I didn't understand that their love for me is what I should have been listening to, you know? And he grabbed me and was like, I love you. I love you so much, you know, no matter what, I love you. And he hugged me and I was like crying and I was just like, whatever, you know, and I was still mad. So he like, you know, and he was still mad, but he just wanted me to know that. And he was like, okay. And he let me go and I let him go and, you know, just got in my car. You know, we just, and he's like storming away. <laughs> it's a funny scene now that I think about it. So, um, I just, I was a mess. I was a wreck. I called, of course, you know, um, the person I was close to in the assembly. And so, uh, after that happened, let's just fast forward a little bit. Um, I 
some things happen with the assembly and you know, we're still practicing. So like I said, we, it begins, we got a building, we start to do different practices, um, different things that the Bible talked about, you know, for the children of Israel. And, you know, we were focused on those things and the leader is getting more and more intense. Okay. He's getting more and more, let's just use the word aggressive. Okay. Um, and I think some of us was coming to some realizations, you know, about this person and, it was just like, whoa, what is going on? You know? So at this time, the, I would say about 20, yeah. So 2011 going into 2012. Yeah. So going into 2012, yeah. About the summer or so of 2012, um, the, some things, some things happened and then the final thing that whatever it was that happened, it caused the assembly to split. And of course the leader was the one, everybody's like, no, you, you know, well, I don't want to say everybody because actually it split with going, some people going to some, you know, the leader, some people left, didn't come back, you know, and then some of us begin to decide to assemble on our own, you know? And so, um, you know, confronted the leader, you know, it was just this, thing that I just was so unaware of. Like, I'm like, whoa, what is, I mean, I was aware of some things happening, but I didn't understand the depth. So we ended up just assembling at someone's house and just kind of, you know, studying the word on our own and still keeping Sabbath and keeping some things, you know, but it got rough. And this is the first time I realized that like, no matter where people are, there's going to be issues. It's going to be error and flaw and just wrongness, you know? And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like it was such a sobering thing. Um, because mind you guys, my mind was, I want to be closer to God so that I won't be disappointed by him. And so that he can accept me and I'm righteous in his eyes and he'll love me because I'm righteous and I'm doing everything right. That was my mind, you guys. And I don't want to go to hell, you know, thinking some of the same things that I had learned. And so, um, I, I ended up just feeling uncomfortable after the split and, you know, assembling at that other person's house. And that it wasn't them at all. It wasn't them at all. It was just, I just realized like people are, this is crazy. Like there's, this is, it was just crazy after I found out everything that was going on behind the scenes. And so I ended up applying to school out of state, you know, everyone, you know, went to Tennessee State University. So I ended up applying there and got accepted. I left. And so but right before I left, you know, I ended up my close, you know, my siblings and I were, we were still, we, you know, it was kind of like, okay, water under a bridge, but we still, you know, gathered and, you know, still did stuff together and, and all of that stuff. And so my, my siblings started to kind of inquire on what I believed, you know, because I didn't celebrate holidays with them. I didn't do certain things with them. There was just a lot of things I didn't do. I didn't celebrate holidays at all, you know, and 
when we were in open discussion, our discussions, of course, were about religion and, you know, the world views and politics and so many different things. Um, and so we would discuss those things and I would have a point of view. And so over time, they just kind of inquired like, okay. And they were like, okay. You know, they just didn't know how to feel. They just were wanting to accept me. And like, when I was teaching them the truth of the history, you know, they were like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, so um, they, we ended up growing close enough to, you know, they really accepted where I was and I really appreciated that. So, you know, when I, when I got ready to move though, my sister was like, you know, what are you going to do about your beliefs? You know, like, is there a place there maybe? And I'm just like, no, but you know, the father will send someone, you know, he's going to send people. I just believe that he would, you know? And I got their child and there was not one, <laughs> there was not one person practicing what I was practicing. Um, and honestly, I didn't practice long there because when I got, you know, I took my books with me. I took my study, the binder, I took everything, notes, everything with me. And I opened that stuff up, y'all, and I cannot I'm not going to lie to y'all. Everything just felt like mumble jumble. I don't know if it was because too, I was just focused on school and people trying to get to know people and things of that nature that everything just felt like mumble jumble looking at stuff. I'm like, I'm confused. What? You know, um, I just felt like I couldn't learn a lot on my own, but you know, prior to I could. So it was just weird, you know? So I just was like, whatever. And I just tried and then didn't and then just got caught up in, you know, school stuff. And what school stuff included was alcohol Um, because I felt this this deep sadness didn't go away. You guys, Um, even though I thought that I was I had a goal for something, the deep sadness definitely came and went, but it always came. And when I got to TSU, it was very much present. Um, and it's, I can't, ex- the only way that I can describe it was just like, you know, like a knot, you know, if you got like a knot in your stomach where you feel like you want to throw up all the time, you know, um, it's just like a knot and just like heaviness. <laughs> I can't describe it other than heaviness. Um, so yeah, I turned to the bottle um, and there's, I want to say this too, you know, when I just talked about, you know, the child, some of the childhood stuff and also this portion, these portions I'm going to split up, you know, as the Lord leads me, because there's, there's stuff to talk about, you know, and I do believe, you know, that there's, of course, there's a testimony with these things, but there's, there's so much that's encompassed in these two things, the things about my childhood and the things about, you know, the alcohol. And um, there are some other parts like with my parents, um, but those were coming a later time. So uh, I will further elaborate, but right now I'm just on the faith journey, you know, parts, but yeah. So yeah, I turned to alcohol and it was heavy, 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 heavy. And a lot of people like, oh yeah, everyone drinks a lot in college. Well, it didn't just stop there. <laughs> um, I didn't start drinking until I was 21. But when I did, it was like it, the floodgates had just opened. 
Um, and mind you, I was still in that practice. So like I said, it was just certain things that was like, you know, I'm still trying to do right, but I'm still wrestling. And that was my whole thing. I didn't want to wrestle. You know, I just wanted to not do stuff. <laughs> when I say do stuff, commit sin. I didn't want to sin. Um, and so, yeah. And, and so I started to drink and it got to the point where while I was at TSU that I just didn't believe in God. I just said, you know, there just can't be a God. I just didn't, I felt so far from him that not like because of the things, not just because of the things that I had did. So it wasn't just like condemnation. I just felt like, how could you allow me to get to this place when all I wanted to do was be close to you? You disappoint, like I'm highly disappointed. You disappointed me. That's how I felt. And I'm like, because of that, like, there's no way you could exist. Like what God would let this kind of stuff happen and let me just be right. And like, not strengthen me. Like, I just was so confused. <laughs> I was confused before I got into the faith and I was confused after in the faith. I was confused after there was confusion because my heart, I just didn't, there was just too many questions and a lot and too much disappointment, you know? And so I stopped believing in God, y'all. I just didn't believe in him anymore. I was like, nah, he, he, he doesn't exist. When people talk about it, I cringe. And here's the irony. I ended up not too long after getting, going to TSU, I ended up joining the gospel choir because I still like to sing and I still wanted to sing. And the only thing I knew was like gospel. So I was like, I guess, and I did. And I joined and I pretended like I believed. And I pretended because I didn't want people to know that I didn't believe. And I didn't want to be bothered either. So I was just like, you know, you know, people, I don't know. I just felt like I'm going to just fit in and just sing. And I think we, you know, we went to some churches and um, I remember just feeling like, oh, I don't want to be there here. I can't wait to get this over with. You know, I just survived with where I was. And I was like, I just need to get through school. (laughs) I would, you know, I would be judgmental towards, you know, people I consider Christian, but I would be the same way. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, you, you're a Christian and you're what you're doing, you know, and I would be the same way, you know? And at that time I didn't realize it, but I'm just like, here's why I don't believe. I just felt like the more stuff I had seen with people who profess Christianity, the more I was like, and that's why I don't, there's no way he can exist. Because another aspect of it was, if you are a holy guide, you know, where are the people, where are the Elijahs, where are the Moseses and the Enochs, you know, like, I'm like, where are the people at, you know, the, the Pauls and the, the John the Baptists, you know, I'm just like, where are the people who serve you and who carries your spirit? That's how I felt, y'all, you know? I'd seen a lot. I'd experienced a lot. So it was just like, man, from people who say they love God, though, like it was hard. And so um, I just didn't believe. I'm sorry I keep reiterating that, but I just didn't. And I turned to the bottle. I drank heavily. um, And I sang with the choir pretending to 
be a, be a believer. And it wasn't extreme where I was just like, ah, you know, um, but there was some, there was levels of pretending because of what I'd seen in the past. And I was just like, whatever, you know, and I, when I came to that realization, I'm like, God could have killed me. I was playing his face. Like, you know, like, thank God for mercy and grace because he knew where I was and he was, and I was just planning his face. And so let me just, so to move past that part, while I was there, um, I ended up having a dream. So there wasn't a long period of time that I didn't believe I was at TSU for like two and a half years. Um, I could say like that first year. I was, it was, that was the time. But then I joined the gospel choir shortly after. And so a lot of it was that time. So yeah, that second year though, was the, when it began to almost got out of completely out of control. Okay. Um, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, everything. Right. Um, Cause I didn't, I was already on the path of, I just didn't believe in God. So, so anyway, um, I had a dream and in this dream, I'm going to explain the dream as well because it's important. Um, in this dream, I'm walking to my uncle's house, my uncle that helped raise me, right? And I'm walking to his front porch, my uncle and my aunt. And behind me are my two female cousins that I had the closest relationship with, which were their children. My aunt and my uncle's children. It was my two female cousins. And they were walking behind me. But they weren't behind me as in they were following me because I'm leading them to the place. They're walking behind me because they were leading me from behind. Like, go ahead, you know. And so I was like, okay. So I went in, went in the house. And when I walked through the front door, my uncle was on the couch. Because right when you walk in, the couch was right in front of you. And he sat on the couch and he looked, as soon as I walked in, he looked at me and said, you need to return back to your first love. You need to return back to your first love. You need to return back to your first love. He said it three times. And after he said it, I dropped to the floor and I just, you know, just really cried out to the Lord in the dream. And while I'm on the floor, a little dog comes and bothers me. Like it's this dog is coming in, like poking its nose at me, which I'm telling you that because if you look it up, um, and if you, I don't know if people understand this, but there's a symbol symbolism in dreams and there's either heavenly symbolisms from the Lord and there are demonic symbolisms as well. And also let me add, Clearly, you know, if you haven't recognized through my through this testimony yet that I was a heavy dreamer and still is. So that dog was definitely a demonic symbolism. Um, and so I didn't realize that till later, of course. So anyway, I woke up from the dream like, oh, you know, like how I woke up from that first dream, like, you know, kind of frantic and like, oh, my gosh, frazzled. Like what? What in the world? And immediately I remember when I was 15 and he told me who he was to me. Right. And I'm like, is he telling me to come back to him after all of this stuff? After everything I learned, you know, I'm like, what is happening? So anyway, 
I'll call my sister frazzled and tell her like, man, like I just had this dream and I'm crying. I'm just like, I don't know what the Lord want. Like, this is crazy. And I was really just frustrated because I just felt like, you know, that's how you tell, you know, that's how you appear to me. You know, I just was prideful is what the problem was and ungrateful um, and didn't understand what the Lord fully was saying to me. Um, until obviously later, but I started to like, okay, you know, my sister calmed me down and was just like, you know, talking me through it and stuff. And, and I'm pretty sure, you know, you know, it was important because she, she most likely prayed for me, not there, but like, you know, in general. So I just took the dream for what it was. I'm just like, okay, but it always, you know, even though I continued in my behaviors, it always kind of stuck, stuck, you know, stayed there. And Slowly but surely, I started to accept it for what it was. You know, I'm like, he's he's telling me to come back to him. And I just, you know, I could not understand, you know, how other than a prayer. And I tried to pray and it was just like, this is weird. It just felt awkward, you know. And I was like, man, this is just, I don't know what to do. And I didn't have really, I had my cousins and I had my uncle um, I had my mom, you know, I had them, but not really because people, I felt misunderstood, you know, and I just didn't feel like I can talk to them about this specific topic really. And so, um, I ended up just being like, okay, the only other way that I can try and figure it out is if I go to church because I'm clearly not I'm trying to pray and it's just weird. Um, so it was the most, oh, it was the hardest thing um, because like I said, I had a disdain for the church as a organization and it was repulsive. Like the only way I can describe it is it's like throwing up and going to eat that vomit a week later. Repulsive, right? Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the explicit imagery, <laughs> But I, that's how disgusted I felt. And so, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I, I just was like, I, I don't know any other way. Um, I didn't feel like I can go to anybody in the choir either. Um, I just didn't feel like I can go to anyone, y'all. So I ended up going to church and I went to a big church in Nashville, and when I went to this big church, it was easy to blend in. But a lot of the stuff I could not stand was there. And I was just like, man, this is hard. But I needed to, I'm like, I need to figure out what the Lord is saying, you know? So I just, I kept going. I kept going a little bit. And then, you know, my language started to change with like people I talk with and just kind of like, you know, I started back calling God, God, you know, um, but I used a lot, the father, you know, um, and then, you know, I started back saying Christ, you know, but before, of course it was Yeshua and, you know, so I just started to kind of switch it up a little bit, you know, like <clears throat> integrate back into new Testament Christianity. Now, let me tell y'all, I know people are like, well, you was a messianic Jew. You kind of believed in the Messiah, you know, so Christian Christianity at its definition is like little Christ, right? But I wasn't a New Testament believer based on the practices, right? That was the distinction. There was a lot of 
Like and Judaism is, you know, they don't believe in Christ. So, okay. But like, it's a lot of the law, right? And we understand from Romans 9, 10, and 11, you know, and before I told this, before me getting, before telling this testimony, the Lord, you know, even began to reveal those chapters to me, even the greater, um, like, no, we're not under the law. You know, there's nothing you can do in your own works and in your own power to be accounted for as righteous, righteous in the eyes of God, except by faith, believing, believing in him, in his son, Jesus Christ. Right. And so I, I, what I, I wasn't a new Testament Christian, even though I had believed in Christ right through that practice. I just want to emphasize that by the way. So I started to, you know, use the language again, the new Testament Christian Christianity language, like, okay, you know, Christ, you know, and so one day, you know, towards the end before I graduated, I was talking to my best friend and she was telling me, you know, every time I talk, like the few times I had talked to her towards the end, she always, every time we talked about something that, you know, it wasn't heavy, it wasn't deep, it was light. And she would be like, oh, you know, my pastor was just talking about this. And then we started getting into a little bit of the stuff we, you know, we deal with, you know, as, 20 something year olds and she's like oh my pastor was just talking about this and I'm like girl what church do you go to so she told me and I was like okay so okay well I guess I'll try and visit you know when I come back for spring break before graduation and so I did I visited and I was like I wasn't as repulsed you know I was like okay everyone was very genuine very nice um and and then when I graduated um I ended up going back to visit. Um, and when I went back to visit, I I don't know, I just felt like, you know, I was in such a hard and dark place in the sense of I didn't know where my next direction was. Um, whether it was with God, whether it was career, whether it was finances, it was just everything. I didn't know where my next direction was. And it just was the alcoholism was, had already spiraled and had, I had already tried to stop. Um, and I picked up another habit by trying to stop. And I'm gonna just say it cause I am no longer ashamed. <laughs> um, I used to smoke blacks and I used to smoke blacks when I drank, but I was trying to smoke the blacks to stop drinking. And so, you know, I'm like, you know, and it wasn't heavy at first. And then when I wanted to drink more, the more I would smoke them. So it was just like, and I still end up drinking. <laughs> so I was just like, you know, in this spiral, um, I picked up a lot of weight and things like that. So when I went to visit, I was so desperate. I was in a, such a desperate place, despite having all of this knowledge and understand what I thought was knowledge and understanding about all these things, except this one particular thing. But I'm like, okay, you know, God, God must be calling me back to him in some way. And so I went to visit and then the most impactful thing happened. The pastor, the pastor did an altar call and I knew it was for me, you know, and I went and I had felt the presence of God you know, after repentance, after just being like, okay, you know, I accept you. I believe you. 
and I trust you, right? Like it was like, forgive me and I want you, you know, you're real, you exist, you know? And I don't even remember what the pastor was talking about. You guys, I had no idea. Um, I can't remember now, but I remember then I'm pretty sure. But, um, I had felt the presence, the manifested presence and the power of the presence of God in that moment. And I hadn't felt it in years. Um, so after that, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior again and, and reconverted in my heart as a Christian and outwardly, of course, because I ended up joining that church. And these people, I also think it made a difference because these people carry the fruit of the spirit as well. Um, so it was like a fresh perspective, right? Like everything was just fresh and new. And I was like, you know, it's new, right? What I had learned though, after that, like right after that, like the Holy Spirit, like it had to be the Holy Spirit because I'm like, whoa, like what he wanted for me was to go back to the basics. You know, when he said, come back to your first love. Just come back to me in a sense of the basics of who I am, which is why in the dream, that house was a representation of the basics of who he was, the foundation of who he was to me. And I learned so much at the house, right? I had my uncle's house and I had learned so much, had, you know, I experienced, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the spirit there. And so he was just calling me back to the basics of believing in him again. Um, and it was like, man, like back to my foundation in a sense, you know? So I was like, after I came to that revelation, it was like, you know, yeah, this is, this is God. And this is the direction I'm heading in. And so that's what happened. And of course, all of the knowledge don't just don't disappear in, all of the things that you've experienced and even the sadness just in this, that listen, y'all <laughs> when people say like God slapped the taste out of my mouth and or like, I didn't feel that. Okay. That wasn't my experience. I had to go through a process and still being processed. Okay. Um, but it was my first time, you know, really knowing what I was doing. And I think that was more of the impactful part of this. It's like, I knew that I was accepting Jesus Christ, right? With all of this, even though I had all of this understanding, like, no, I don't know anything. And I'm accepting you because you are real, you know, at the age of 25. Um, so I could say, to be honest, that was my, that's my like real, like my conversion. Um, yeah, I guess in my reconversion, because even though a lot of stuff happened when I was a teenager and I had got baptized again as a teenager with the same, with, you know, knowledge of, you know, I'm choosing God, you know, um, 25 just felt different, you know, it hit totally different. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't, the, all that stuff just didn't go away. It's, it took for the Lord to begin to cultivate. Um, and, take me through a process of healing and deliverance, you know, the process of deliverance from alcoholism and even, you know, smoking blacks and those, that's a, that was a, that didn't get slapped out of my mouth, y'all. That was a process. And I'm just being honest here. And so, um, even the thoughts of like, you know, even the deep sadness didn't just go away. You know, I, I had to continue to give it over to the Lord, the anxiety, you know, you all know from episode one, some of the stuff, but like, um, 
just needing to have questions answered, I just pondered that. Like, I just, you know, Lord, there's still questions. And so not too long after that, you know, I had questions. I just was like, I'm just going to put them on a back burner. But I brought them to the Lord in prayer. And I didn't really address them. Like, Lord, please answer these questions. I have, you know, it just was something lingering in my heart. And as it lingered in my heart in prayer, <laughs> this I heard the Lord say to me, you have to let me show you who I am. You know, by you can't learn who I am. I, like, I don't want you to learn who I am through other people or through other people's relationship with me. I want you to know who I am because I want to show you who I am. And that was it. <laughs> I was like, okay. So over time, these questions will be answered, whatever questions I may have, and they have. And I just believed God. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to believe you, you know? And it was, it, it's a daily thing. You guys, I'm not, I don't like when I try not, <clears throat> I try not to make, and I didn't want to make this testimony sound like things were just instantaneous, you know, and almost unrealistic for me. It wasn't because for me, it wasn't. So the Lord had to, he's instilled teaching me who he is and showing me who he is. And it's beautiful. You know, I, I'd made up in my mind that I'm going to serve you no matter what. And when I made that up in my mind, um, it broke through, you know, those fears and those disappointments. Um, and I also realized too, like, you know, when you have, you know, you, as your child, you know, and you're learning the Lord, sometimes your father or God can sound like your father or the way that you see God is the same reflection of the way you see your father. Sometimes, you know, and, you know, I don't know everybody else's, but I, that was my experience. And so that's why I was so afraid to be disappointed again. And, and, you know, because I experienced these things with my father and my, my father and I are tight now. Okay. You know, and that took the Lord to be in the midst. And I love, I'm still daddy's girl. I love my daddy. I'm a mommy's girl too, actually, because I'm tight with my mom too. <laughs> but, um, but I can say this now and say like, I'd experienced disappointments from him and, it just the, the depth of that cut and the, the wound, you know, and I just, the way I heard and seen God was the same way with my dad, you know, and it took the Lord to heal that wound, um, for it to meet, for it, for it to break open that disappointment and me just say, you know, but I had to say, I submit, right? Like I submit and I, I'm gonna serve you no matter what, like, um, that, and there's a specific testimony attached to that as well, that, you know, in due season as the Lord leads, I'll talk about as well. So yeah, you guys, that was my faith journey. Um, and still is a journey and I'm still learning a lot about, you know, the things that we thought we knew, right? Like I assume certain things and, you know, because we're taught a certain way, you know, but I did, I find myself going back just reading the word on my own and been, and I've kind of been doing this for some time, but just reading it on my own and understanding like, you know, 
well, wait a minute, you know, certain things is just like, okay, you know, and not that, you know, things were taught wrong in any way, shape or form. Um, I don't want to say wrong necessarily, because I think, you know, interpretation is interpretation, but you should be interpreting the Bible with the Bible and through the Holy Spirit, of course, because it's the Spirit of God. And so um, I found myself like, you know, just finding things out on my own and like really being like, okay, you know, I'm just allowing him to process me. So yes, you guys, um, that's the faith journey. And I know this video is going to be very long, um, but I thank you if you hung on this entire time and listened. I pray that this has blessed you. I really do. Um, you know, Revelation says, you know, we're, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And without the blood of the lamb, we wouldn't have a testimony. And we, you know, so I'm like, you know, I'm just a witness to that blood, you know, the blood of Jesus and being able to come and be a part of the new covenant and the pursuit of God, you know, even after knowing and not knowing and knowing again, you know, (laughs) so, um, I praise God, but that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to edit this down (laughs) for sure. And yeah, I I pray it's blessed you and feel free to subscribe to the channel on my YouTube and feel free to rate this podcast channel if you really enjoy it. And like I said, I'm going to try and commit to that once a week thing. Um, once one episode a week, you know, every, every Saturday or whatever I said in episode one, y'all, I think I said Saturday, but pray my strength because yeah, pray my strength. Um, but I'm pretty sure because I have some news coming up, I will be on here again soon. So I guess I'll hear from you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in again. And I'll see you in the next episode. How much more, how much more does he love you?